Amanda Shepard has been recovered. The Lazarus Project will proceed as well. Welcome to the Lazarus Project Podcast, a Mass Effect podcast discussing its characters, lore, theory, and opinion. In this episode, we're going to be talking about our games of the year of 2023. Not just the games that came out, but the games that we played. My name is Craig, and joining me today is my co-host, Tim. Hello. Oh, we are live, yeah. We are live, yep. Yeah. Yep. Studios, soon as we are live, we're all good. Slightly different uh, format for this episode. We normally talk about Mass Effect and characters or lore and stuff like that, but it's the end of the year. I thought we could do our version of Game of the Year because I haven't played all like the latest releases and stuff. But games no. that you have played this year, which has been like your favourite sort of thing. It has been a good year in general, though. For gaming, yeah. I have not played enough of the new releases, but yeah, there have been some great ones. I actually finished one game from start to finish. I put it on and I didn't play anything else until I'd finished it. That was uh, Resident Evil 4, the remake. Oh, right. Absolutely loved that game. Loved it. And I'm not too big a fan on on remakes um, in general because mm. I, I always feel that the originals are kind of the best better versions of things. I, I'm not like too clued in, clued in about Resident Evil, but from the conversations I've seen in Discord that you've been having, they do seem to be making some unnecessary changes to those games as they remake them obviously i don't know anything about resident evil 4 and how much they've changed but i imagine that i imagine you're liking that one more because they've not changed as much that's the point they have changed a lot i didn't oh. like the original <laughs> <laughs> ah, yeah the original it. was way too silly and campy and stuff like that for me my take and they've made it more of a serious game so yeah really enjoyed that the rest of the games that i've played i've kind of started and i've kind of moved on to something else and i've come back to it and i've moved on to something else like Baldur's gate 3 because i've had to move from pc gaming to a playstation 5 version i've had to restart that game again and i'm i'm, I'm straight away i'm hooked i'm like <laughs> yep yeah, I'm, I'm playing this now until i finished it so did you sort of like come off it for a little while and then just think at this point i should start yeah again yeah because it came didn't it come out at the same time as um uh, starfield it came out in August, I think, and Starfield came out in September. Because I remember, yeah, I remember it came out and everyone was ranting and raving about it. And I was just thinking, nope, I don't care. People rant and rave about Fortnite and whatever. It's not, it might not be as cracked as, as it's cracked up to be. And also Starfield is coming out next month. So I'm going to play that when it comes out. So I kind of held off on Baldur's Gate because of that. Yeah, probably a wise move to be fair. Because, yeah, I, I started it and I was like, I'm hooked on this. And I was like, I'm desperate to play Starfield because I need my kind of space fix. And I, I'm still quite burnt out on Mass Effect, to be honest. I haven't played the Legendary Edition of 3. Oh, I'm wow. thinking of and and thinking of getting into it because I need to get video footage, really, for the channel. Yeah. And I was like, I just, I, I can't, I can't do it. I tried Andromeda. I tried to yeah. smash that. And, yeah, I've, um, again, kind of got so far in, I'm like... Oh, but there's so many other games I want to play. <laughs> the, the easiest way to get through Andromeda, though, is just to skip all of those fetch quests. Like, there's yeah. way too many quests in that game, and you just you're not going to have a good time if you play all of if you do all of the quests. Probably like, need to set myself a list, and then and then just go from right. 
I'm playing this game to start to finish. Then I'm playing this. Then I'm playing this. And then I'm playing this. And just yeah. get through the games that I want to play rather than going, right, I'm starting that. And then, oh, I want to play this. And I'm going to play a bit more of that. Then I'm going to back to this. And then nothing gets finished. I lose my place in my stories and stuff. How massive so. are the games that you're playing at the moment? Or the games the games that you've got unfinished right now, Like, are they all like open world things? Or are they all, yeah? Yeah. They're all like open world. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they're not like... <laughs> 10 15 hour games they're like 80 odd hour stuff yeah but that's the thing though isn't it it's those games that everyone always rants about or raves about when they're really good so it's kind of you can't just you can't just ignore it when everyone's raving about those games you have to give them a go you no. kind of have to see what the fuss is about i'm also because i'm still working on my um my staff uh, star wars playthrough because every couple of years or something, i like to go from start to finish i'll i kind of mix in the legend stuff where i think it fits yeah. And then, um, is this your massive binge of like the films, yeah. the shows, and the games? Yeah. 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 So I, I start with the uh, the Old Republic comic, and then I play the Old Republic and the original Bioware games, uh, Knights mm. of the Old Republic, and that, and I go all the way through. That's not the very beginning, though. Well, it's it's <laughs> as far back as I want to go. <laughs> <laughs> There's still the Great Hyperspace War. There's the origins of the Jedi. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. There's there's a lot of stuff like that, which is actually referenced in uh, Knights of the Old Republic as well. Yeah, um, there's a few few instances of like Keldroma and somebody else. I can't remember. There's like some tombs that you go to, but there are comics of all that as well. So yeah, yeah. I, I kind of do pick and choose what I want to get through. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I've just managed to make it through all of. Uh, uh, I'm, I've just done all the Clone Wars now and the Bad Batch. And the, wow! The so kinda... you've gotten you finished season seven then of Clone Wars? Yeah. What did you think? Yeah, yeah, it was good. Yeah, it was really good. They ended it really well. But anyway, that's going a bit sidetracked. <laughs> um, yeah. My point was, with, <laughs> I've, I've done all that, so now I'm up to the point of Jedi Fallen Order. Hmm. So that I'm also playing. So I'm playing kind of Baldur's Gate three and Jedi fallen order because I, obviously i'm i can't carry on with my star wars stuff until i've got through through that so what so, comes after fallen order because i don't know where survivor fits into it i don't really know much about it uh so i've got the rest of darth vader comics to read um and then i've i've inserted uh um star wars the force unleashed uh, oh, one yeah. and two because that depicts the the very start of the the rebel alliance because uh, the ending of of the whole premise of of jedi um force unleashed was to draw out the rebels mm. and in the, the comics and stuff the the rebels are starting there's little pockets of resistance everywhere yeah um so i think it fits quite nicely there and then survivor comes after that because do you see? I, I, I don't know. I suppose if you you haven't played Survivor yet, have you? No, I haven't either. And I just kind of, I'm I'm not sure if you see the rebellion in that game or not. But um, it's going to be kind of funny for you going from Jedi Fallen Order, where Vader is like the most terrifying thing in the world, tearing floors apart, and you're just running away from him, to then going to Force Unleashed, where you're the one tearing the floors, and he's. <laughs> <laughs> just falling from wall to wall as you're throwing stuff at him. I haven't played those games in years. Yeah. The, so, the, yeah. the Fortnite Unleash is like the most fun game in the world. <laughs> but, but at the same time, you could understand why they thought 
this character might be a bit overpowered for canon. Like, <laughs> it does kind of call into question how powerful Palpatine really is. I've been talking for a while. So, what, what games have you been playing this year? <laughs> um, well, sort of similar to you, I've not really been playing many new releases. Earlier in the year, I was playing XCOM and I actually finished XCOM, which I was quite proud of because I was given that game like in my really early days of gaming by my uncle. It was like one of the first games I was given. And honestly, when I was younger, I was bad enough at games, but XCOM was like another level of difficult. I've never but... finished it. I can get so far in it. And then my, I, I just, I never, I don't have enough tech or I, I can't keep up with the, the armor requirements or the weapon requirements. Yeah. And people gets... start pulling money out and I'm like, I need the money because I need to, to improve my gear. And it gets pretty intense. Um, but like, I found a real love for it. Like when I, when I, I mean, I did kind of cheat. I did do a lot of saving and reloading. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there were certain points where characters did die and I thought, oh, like for a lore perspective or for, for just sort of building the characters and the team and making the drama and whatever. Cause I was properly like, I was writing fan fiction about it at a certain point. Cause I yeah. was just like, I was really invested in my squad. Like. I remember my character name still as well. I had this Russian sniper called Abraham and I had another sniper called Clyde. And there was one guy called Bruv Love just because my younger brother named him. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then I had Cora as well because I named her after Andromeda Cora. thought she quite kind of looked like her. And then they started building like force powers or you get some kind of psionic powers when you get far enough into the game. And it's quite cool to be honest, as you, as you get further on and like the story, the story isn't, there isn't too much there, but as things get gradually more intense and you start becoming like such a unified force, it just gets like over the top and crazy and fun. And I just, I enjoyed it more and more. And I actually finished it. And I was very proud yeah. of myself because I think I've only ever gotten close on easy, but I actually finished it on normal. Wow. So yeah. So you actually saved the, the earth then. Yeah, I did. And I, my only criticism for that game is the ending because the ending does feel a little bit sudden. Like you're on this ship and you find these overlord master aliens, you defeat them and then the ship crashes and then roll credits, basically. That's it. Really underwhelming. <laughs> <laughs> well, everyone in the command center is all cheery and everything, but then that's it. Yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> but I, I enjoyed it was it was about the journey not the destination you know I enjoyed the journey it's what those games are really about and that you kind of managing your resources and then getting slaughtered by thin men and you build your armor up enough the thin men aren't that bad there were, there were worse enemies than the thin men <laughs> did you finish starfield you played starfield didn't you I have not finished starfield no <laughs> it's that sponsored segment is it <laughs> <laughs> yeah. can we get one can we try <laughs> sponsored by pot noodle i i i've 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 just i've got to be honest i don't want to be i don't hate starfield but it is to me it does feel very much like an andromeda situation where not not necessarily that it feels grindy but it does feel like such an open space where you've just got to travel so far to find the content. The story, I think the main story's not kind of grabbed me enough. There, there were there were certain faction stories I absolutely loved. Like I love, um, did you do the, have you done much of the sort of the class storylines? Like, Not really. I've, I've, I've probably done about five or six hours in it altogether before I've gone, yeah, I need to come back to this when I'm, I've got more time to just 
just to get into it. Yeah. But yeah, I was I was I was quite hyped for it, and then it didn't quite meet the expectations I had. Yeah, I really couldn't thing... believe there's no aliens. It's just all humans. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, so the thing is, I think. Bethesda, I think, are a little bit. They got a little bit too eager. To, I mean, I mean, I've I've actually watched some documentaries. People trying to break down what went wrong and things. Some some people have been saying things like they've been trying too hard to make a world that is so expansive that the modders and the people can just create the content that they want, and they want to try and create content that lasts until God knows when the next Elder Scrolls game comes out, um, or when the next fallout comes out you know they're trying to satisfy like people's wants for more bethesda content by having them create their own fun which i think is is not the right way of going about it to be honest i think no i think streamlining it and making fewer planets but with more on those planets would have been a way better way of doing it and what you were saying about there being no aliens as well like they they keep they they thought i would made the case that this game is supposed to recreate that feeling of like Neil Armstrong first landing on the moon or, you know, one of those big human achievements of like, oh my God, I'm exploring space. And the thing is, we're not, we're not going to feel that same way because first of all, we're not actually landing on the moon. And second of all, we've been to space before in games. We've been, we've played however many other space games. I mean, obviously, you know, We've played Mass Effect. <laughs> like we've we've not only been to space, we've seen different races and a built-out law and all this lore and stuff. And I don't think there's really much lore in Starfield, is there? I mean, there's there there are there are no. obviously like museum exhibits, but I don't think they've got a law um log sort of thing, like a, a codex sort of thing. Yeah, like a codex, yeah. I don't think they've got one of those. No, um, I don't think so. I feel like faction of factions like... have got their, their their own backstories, haven't they? But mm. I feel like a codex would have been a massive, massively useful and massively. And I mean, I don't read codexes. I should, but it would have it would have helped a lot if yeah, they, the world was a lot more. Kind of just refer, um, reference to you know if you as you're not like I don't know the Crimson Fleet or something. You got a little bit of history on them or like who the main leaders were or something like that so if they say something you're like oh who's that i don't i must have missed something you can go back and then look at it there yeah. there is there is a there is a lot of there is history to that universe like there's um when you join the it's not the freestyle rangers it's when you when you join the united colonies version of that can't remember what they're called, but when you when you join the United Colonies, they make you go through this guided tour where they show you this billboard and that billboard that gives you the history of that universe and like what happened with um, Londinian, which, to be honest, I think is the dumbest name ever for a colony. Like, <laughs> it's. Just, I wonder where they got the idea for that name, huh? <laughs> um, <laughs> but like, you do you do learn about the history through that. But to me, it just felt like. They had history, but when you compare it to the amount of history there is in the universes of other sci-fi games, there's big shoes. There's not big shoes to fill. I don't think they're supposed to be filling shoes, 
but they're they're competing with a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you go back and you play something like Skyrim or or Fallout, the the, the amount of content that's in there, it just and it's it's all handcrafted and it's thought out and yeah, it, it, there's a massive difference. I don't know if they they don't want to make those kind of games anymore, or because that's kind of their niche, isn't it? Mm. Which isn't quick. It they're not. It's not something you can churn out every couple of years. Yeah. I don't know if they're, they're, this is a kind of transitional game to making smaller stuff and less less detailed, less focused sort of thing rather than these massive open world and that that take years to, to build out and stuff. But yeah. I do feel like there was there was room to do a lot more with the companions because I mean I'm I don't know how many hours I in I am I'm like maybe 12 at least. Um but I've kind of I've gotten the feeling that if if they if they focused on the small things that made some RPGs truly great, like with Baldur's Gate and with Mass Effect, one of the great things about those games is the companions. And I think Starfield certainly falls short on the companions. They could have focused so much more on companion conversations and just like I don't know, do do something different, right? Where you can have your ship go through like speed or whatever you call it in that game. I can't remember. But Grab while you're going Yeah. Yeah, when you're grav jumping. Um, you know that meter where you can dedicate power to it? Oh, yeah, I think that clumsy it, thing. Yeah, I was just thinking this, right? If you just dedicate, um, if you have it, so if it's if it's dedicated only one, if you dedicate one bit of power to that grav drive, it takes actually like five minutes to actually get to where you're going or two to five minutes. And during that time, you can get up out of your chair and go and talk to people. And yeah. then it feels like some kind of actual sci-fi series where you're having those conversations and maybe there's stuff going on with those conversations. And then when that's over, you're at your destination. I feel like that would be kind of different and kind of cool and make yeah. it feel a little bit more real at the same time. And also just having more of those conversations with the companions in the first place. Because I remember, I don't know what happened, but it felt like I went from um, like flirting with Sarah. Is her name Sarah? The, yeah, yes. Sarah, yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah. I, I, I felt like one minute I was flirting with Sarah, and then one gaming session later, like one hour later, I was marrying her. And it's like, <laughs> it's a big leap. <laughs> um, and it just, it just felt rushed, you know. It felt like I didn't really know her before I was marrying her. <laughs> Took the wrong option a couple of times, and that's it. <laughs> you went to yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, someone can correct me if Andresia, I think her name is, if she's a better romance, someone can correct me and say, God, you should have romanced Andresia. But I shouldn't have to romance somebody else to get more conversation. <laughs> like, I don't know. It just, if that part of it felt quite underwhelming. It's like, don't rely so much on exploration, especially, especially if your exploration is like barren planets for however much, you know? Yeah. I mean, that was. Apparently, there's some big changes coming to Starfield next year. Um, I'm not quite I sure what so. they I are. Heard, but... I heard a rumor that they're adding a vehicle finally, like a, yeah. like a buggy or something, maybe, when you're like traversing planets. I mean, pe people want that desperately. I kind of get that they didn't want people to reach the edge of the map too quickly because then mm. you'll, you'll see how small the maps are. 
Yeah. But on the other hand, running from they kept putting the landing pad, you know, miles away from the nearest oil refinery that you kind of keep popping up against. Yeah. So just getting there. I mean, I quite enjoyed the low gravity ones because you kind of just jump up and then fly down and jump up even higher and then fly down again. Yeah. And how fun yeah, how can... is, is, is that fun for like, you know, all the time? Like it does it not get boring after some amount of time just doing that? Yeah. Cool. I mean I, I quite like to see I, I I set myself a bit of a challenge to see how far away from my companion you can get because mm. they don't follow you when you're in the air. Oh right. So they only if as soon as you land, then they they run to you. But if you jump off in the air and obviously you've got low gravity, they just stop and then they, they wait until you land again. All right. So yeah, if you got quite good uh uh, jetpacking skills you can get quite a distance from them before they catch up with you i i yeah i, I do they 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 didn't even need to give us a buggy as well like you know just do what mass effect did and i, and I don't i don't want to sound like a broken record but just add more conversations you know yeah. like those long elevator segments in the original mass effect conversations it was the perfect way for like a long loading screen but also having something yeah. going on <laughs> You had the news segment as well. You had the news in the background. and Oh, and also, somebody asked before the game came out, is this game going to have radio? And they said, oh, yeah, it has radio on one planet. And it's like, <laughs> why the hell would you only have it for one planet? Like, one to me, one of the coolest things about Fallout 4, and that is one of my games I played this year. Um, I don't want to get around to that too soon. But the, the one of the cool things about that is listening to Diamond City Radio, where you're just wandering around the... The landscape where you just wander in the planet again with... another game that i haven't finished um, i've got a lot of games i haven't finished i need to make a list i think <laughs> i would have hoped that that was part of your list for games coming out and well games of 2024 yes well i have i have actually got some of those i want yeah. to play a few more um crpg games next year there's quite a few out at the minute there's a rogue trader that's just come out it's like a warhammer game Apparently that's quite good. A bit buggy apparently at the minute, but that's quite good. There's War Tales. I've been I just tried putting that on um, a couple of days ago, uh, and that seems quite cool. So I want to try and get a bit more into that as well. Have you played uh, Wildermyth? I have not. You are naming that... a lot of games I've not heard of. <laughs> Wildermyth is really good if you like story-based games, and it's it's a bit it's it's quite role play, but it's a bit like a tabletop game where you'd move pieces and things but it's it's all like cartoon cartoon kind of um storyboards that kind of fill in the gaps and then uh you 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 basically have to kind of protect your land and it takes course over the entire lifetime of your character mm. and they can get married and then they can have kids and then those kids will join your party and then as you die, they kind of carry on your legacy sort of thing and they carry on the party and that. Oh, okay. And yeah, you've got to protect the land from this kind of, a bit like a Dragon Age's um, horde thing um, that, that is coming across and all these monsters are coming across. Right, yeah, like the Darkspawn. The, yeah, like a Darkspawn kind of purge sort of thing. You travel to like a new region and then you can depending on the region you can recruit some more characters or you can you know build up your defenses sort of thing you know you, you have to like uh, attack like the settlement to, to free it from the, the monsters and then you can kind of build up the defenses for it and when you go into attack it kind of the, the game 
turns into like a, a tabletop kind of game and you've got like flat pieces which are your characters and you kind of move squares and then you can attack or you can defend Thomas just to enter the chat and yeah depending on what's in that square it could then trigger a story event which might you know like you, you know you see a shining crystal and you got the option do you pick it up or do you ignore it and you pick it up and then all of a sudden it kind of mutates and your arm mutates or something and then that's you've got like a mutated arm then for the rest of the, your life but it'll give you bonuses or it'll give you um buffs and that sort of thing so by the time i'd finished the um because you, you kind of play for 10 years and then you have you play for a, a little bit and then you have like a 10 year break yeah. because you clear out all the monsters and then it takes them 10 years to kind of gather up their forces to come back so that's how you you, you age you age up and by the time she retired um, one of my characters shed massive wings and like a, a big crystal eye thing that had, had shot off and sh hit her in the face. So, and like a, a mutated arm and stuff. It's like proper yeah. awful, but ah, oh, take her into battle. That was it. <laughs> it was, <laughs> she just wiped the floor with everybody. It was brilliant. Yeah, I was proper proper gutted when she retired. No, but, yeah, it, it's very it is very simplistic, but it, it, it's turn based combat and. Yeah, it the stories in it though. I mean, it's got like different stories and the way that they can go and the people that you can recruit. And then obviously, when you start a fresh game, anybody that's still alive from your previous games, you can then have them return with all their all right. mutations and stuff and that. That's so cool. you kind of build out your legacy. That's awesome. To be honest, I feel like that was something they were trying to do with Fable, but failed at drastically. Yeah, like... Fable was a different one, wasn't it? It was. It was really i mean i didn't play any of the later ones but the first the first three i think i played the last one where you was a king what or do you something. mean by any of the later ones i thought there were only three yeah there's there's like tale fable tales and there was a drinking game version and there was a the last one i played is where you you were a king or a queen or something and you had to rule the land yeah yeah that uh, was the last one i knew about i think i think there was a connect one i heard about that there was a connect game which i didn't touch but yeah no i only played the first three but i i'm really excited about that coming back because i feel like the company that's bringing it back they know the mistakes of was it it was like lion something the original studio i can't yeah, remember lion i want to say lion but that but lion's gate's a movie studio oh so. yeah isn't it <laughs> yeah. lion head Lionhead. okay Lionhead. i feel like one of the major faults with fable was first of all two large time jumps for one like they got dangerously close to the modern day by the third game um and second of all like i feel like one of the big mistakes was they didn't try they they either rushed fable 2 because i don't know how long the time jump or how how long it was between the first game and the second game but to me it felt like the second game was rushed in that the story wasn't I haven't actually finished the first game. I didn't get very far with the first game at all, just because it. I'm one of those kids that it's just it looks too dated. I'm not going to give it as fair of a shot. <laughs> um, but the second game, apparently, I've, I've watched like a two-hour lecture about this game, the Fable Two. It's pretty much exactly the same as the first game. It's way too similar to the first game, and that's one of the major flaws of that one. But it's still an okay game, and the third one is just a very short story, and also. It feels like the story drastically changes from your brother being this super evil guy to all of a sudden, and a supernatural element's been added 
and it just sort of blindsides you and comes out of nowhere and like the whole thing about you ending up on this sandy island with these creatures that you've got to protect the land from that that takes place so quickly it sort of comes out of nowhere and yeah it's just it's it becomes one of those trilogies that where you say i enjoy it despite this yeah. you know i like it may have issues with this but i still like it and that's exactly how i feel about it but i really hope that the new the the, the new studio playground games i hope that they've learned their lessons and um i i'm i'm gonna I'm going to hold my head, not hold my head high, but I'm going to, I'm going to say that they have, I'm going to believe that they have, that they know what's at stake, basically. Like, I, I believe that they know. Well, Pete, Peter Molyneux, I think it was, his, his name was, he was like the, the original version of Todd Howard. He yeah. was like, oh yeah, this game's going to be brilliant. This is game, it's got this and it's got that and it's going to have this and it's going to be, this fable game is going to be um, you know, the bestest game in the world ever, and mm. yeah, it didn't have didn't any of promise. It. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, didn't he promise a lot of things that weren't actually in it in the end? <laughs> like, so I'll tell you one game that I've been playing actually. Yeah. Um, because I've been doing, um, I've decided because I wanted to, so I was a bit burnt out on, on Mass Effect, and I was thinking, well, what can I do for the channel? I want to do something different, and then yeah, I tried that and it didn't work, so I'm going to be covering exodus have you heard of that one yeah 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 of course yeah yeah the the new the next mass effect potentially the next the next yeah. not literally the next mass effect but like the yeah the next it's, it's one that's guess, yeah it's going to give it a run for its money that's for sure yeah um but see so yeah uh, before that i mean that's that's where i'm going to be i'm going to make some videos on on that one next but uh before that i thought well maybe i could do like old game like retrospective sort of thing hmm so I've been playing uh, Second Sight. Have you ever heard of Second Sight? I have not. It's it's a game from about 2010. No, even earlier than that. 2006, I think it was. PlayStation 2. Okay. And it's got one of the best stories ever. I mean, the graphics are not too bad for today's standards, I suppose. Mm. Um, but, yeah, I've done... I've almost finished it. I've, uh, I've got an entire uh gameplay uh like story retrospective kind of video for it i'm just finishing off the script for it and then i've got to record it but i'm gonna what i'm gonna do is because of exodus coming out now uh i'm gonna do that for the channel and then i'm gonna do the like the retrospectives for the the members okay so they will be uploaded for the the members and then i'll put those on the other channel that i've got that i'm not really that fussed about but nerdy dude says uh todd uh, Todd Howard for me is the guy that asked is April Fool's joke during Diablo Immortal revealing gaming. Do you mean the guy who was asked? I suppose that makes more sense. Yeah. 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 Um to be honest, yeah. I I know I know that there's a lot of hype around Diablo, but I don't really know much about Diablo. I, I know that April Fool's joke thing was around them releasing it for mobile. Like apparently people were expecting a new game. But all they really did was just port the latest game or something over to mobile. Like, I think that was what it was all about. Like, people were just mad about them, you know, doing the worst that they could have possibly done. And because like, when, when you move any game over to mobile, when you develop any mobile game, you instantly think, like, the quality is not going to be there. It's not going to be as good. And second of all, it's going to be littered with microtransactions because every mobile game is. I did hear in the in the news report that someone had spent like 
something daft like 10, 20,000 pound on all the microtransactions that are in Diablo just to mm. get like the highest kind of ranking character. And then he had nobody to fight because nobody had got that high or something or other. And it, it's like, why would you spend that kind of money? That's just crazy money on a on a game or something. So. My name is Scott Ryder, Tom Taylorson, calling in for the Andromeda Galaxy, and you are listening to the Lazarus Project podcast. With Diablo, I was in my head. It's like, yeah, yeah, you played that. And it's like, no, that was Dungeon Keeper. It's a completely different game. I've got Dungeon Keeper. I've never played it. <laughs> they were giving it away for free back when EA Play was Origin. You know, oh, and they right. had little, that little free section. It was one of those games that 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 takes you know your, your t- typical content, you know, your, your typical scenario, and then twists it on its head. So rather than you being the adventurer going into the dungeon to to fight off monsters, you're the monsters, and you're trying to stop the uh, adventurers getting into your layer. So you have to set all these oh, traps okay. and stuff. That's so, awesome. Yeah, I, like <laughs> I mean, it's like completely opposite of what you expect it to be it'd be so funny if that ended up being what dragon age was the next dragon age like you're just working <laughs> with solus to kill the inquisitor and like cassandra or whatever oh man people get so upset about that <laughs> <laughs> i get to kill liara again <laughs> oh. um so if you finished boulders gate and that was that was wait did i say liara year. I said Liara, yeah. I meant Leliana. Did, that, yeah. Leliana. That's, cr- that's criminal. <laughs> um, sorry, go on. Yeah, I was, was going to say Baldur's Gate, which is, I think that won, actually won Game of the Year this year, didn't it? Baldur's yeah, Gate it, three. it actually won Game of the Year. Um, yeah, I, I I mean, people people were getting quite mad about the fact that, I think it's Neil, Neil something, the, the guy who won, like, best voice actor who was in, who was in Baldur's Gate? He voiced a Starion. Um, he he won like an award for his voice acting in Baldur's Gate, and his speech. Like people were annoyed about the fact that he was being rushed off stage because, you know, they have those stupid limits on how long people can speak for, and it's like less than a minute, half. I think it's somewhere like thirty seconds or something stupid. But he barely got any time to like properly express his gratitude and, like, yeah. he was just being so kind and thankful to everybody like involved in the game and everyone who kept the game alive like through early access he was but like they des- they deserve and i think a lot of games deserve a lot more time during the game awards but it just goes to show that the game awards isn't about awards no. it's about trailers and trailer announcements and it's just not really fair on yeah i mean ultimately the game awards is kind of a popularity contest you know there are there is some argument to be made that it is usually just the games people have heard of for a reason, but like I usually only play the games people have heard of, so I can't complain. <laughs> but like, yeah, it's the game wars is a whole thing, but Baldur's Gate, regardless of its popularity or not, it's a very good game. And I think it deserves all of the attention and all of the awards it gets, to be honest. Um, yeah, I it, again, it's it's one of those things like, well, I'll, I'll you know, I'd, I'd left it for for a while. Um, what was I playing? I was playing Spider Man, uh, the first one. Second one came out this year as well. Have you ever played the Spider Man? We played the first one. Yeah, mm. yeah. I'm probably about a quarter of the way through that. 
that's quite good. I'm kind of getting, it's getting a bit repetitive for me now. So I'm like, I kind of teetering on the edge of like, oh, maybe I'll, I'll, I'll put that one to the side for a bit. That's kind but of yeah, fair. I've got to, uh, sorry. I do on. feel like it's, I do feel like it's one of those games where you have to continuously mix up like the sort of text that you use and the suits that you use and stuff to really keep it exciting. Yeah. But like, I feel like that should be a feature that's just kind of an extra thing rather than something you rely on too much. So yeah, I can, I, I kind of get that. Like, yeah. But yeah, it, it, I mean, the story missions are all right and stuff, and then you got all these other side stuff to do, but the side stuff's kind of getting a bit repetitive and that. So. I've really started to feel that when I tried a second playthrough. But yeah, I was, I was quite interested in playing the new version, but I thought, well, I can't play the new version. So I played the first one. This is my, like my biggest, problem with gaming because i can't just jump into a sequel i need to play the first one and then i'd need to play miles morales and then i could play the new one that i want to play yeah but by the time you, you, you you've got through all that you're like Ugh. yeah it's like <laughs> at a certain point where it really yeah there's i can imagine the spider the spider-man style of combat is just you need that break between them don't you yeah it's like uh, there's Matea on the uh, on the live streams that we do on a Saturday, and you know she's always asking, you know, have you finished Trespasser yet? And I'm like, well, I can't just jump in and play Trespasser. I know I've completed Dragon Age before, mm. but I can't just jump in there and just play Trespasser because I can't. It's been so long, I can't remember the story leading up to it. Yeah, I kind of got the cliff notes in my head of what happened, but I'd need to go through it again to get to it, and it's like I just time i haven't got to to play through and i can't just play dragon age inquisition again i'll have to start from dragon age origins because that's the way my brain kind of works it's i have to do long, that serious place for how long has it been since you played inquisition or inquisition yeah i did two playthroughs when it first came out how many years would has that been then what it's nine eight or nine 20. Was it 17 that it came out? Oh, I thought it was... No, it was 10 years ago, wasn't it? 10 yeah. years ago, yeah. So I haven't played yeah. Inquisition for about 10 years. Because I was going to say, like, in the Trespasser DLC, there's a there's a time jump. So I was thinking, you could almost role-play that, and, you know, since it's actually been however many years, <laughs> like, you know, because the characters all act like they're catching up with each other, and it's been a long time, yeah. and for you, it will actually have been a long time. So it might actually work. <laughs> uh, I mean, you won't really. You you'll see like whoever it was that you nominated as the divine or something, and maybe you'll have completely forgot who it was, and you'll be like a little bit. Oh, well, you're the I've got two playthroughs mixed together as well. I uh, I had an elf rain rogue, I think it was, as my mm. first playthrough, and then I tried a Kunari as my second because I, I was like, oh, you get to play as a Kunari. Brilliant. So yeah, I've kind of got two two versions of the game that have now kind of just kind of muddled together in my head of what's happened. But... To me, I don't know if it's just me, but Dragon Age in general feels like one of those series that's like for me, it's really hard to play again, like on repeat. I think I've done two full playthroughs, like from beginning to end, but then like I didn't care at all about my hero fraud in the second game because i just showed i created some elf wizard that i just didn't care about at all and just yeah. wouldn't just couldn't beat my my castless dwarf in any way uh, i don't call dragon age uh, inquisition 
Inquisition, I call it Dragon Age stuck in the hinterlands. Yeah. <laughs> I think the, the very first time I played it, I was like six hours in and not left the hinterlands. Exactly. And that was after two hours of custom you know, creating my character or something. <laughs> yeah. It's, I think, yeah, I think the hinterlands are the reason why my first playthrough of Inquisition took so long. But I, I pushed through it and I, to this day, I absolutely love my first Inquisitor who was a Canari. And he romanced Cassandra, and it was like the sweetest thing in the world because he was this weird, what vulnerable canary. He wasn't big, and I mean, he was big, but he wasn't like he didn't have a tough exterior. He was actually he was one of those guys that had a weirdly sort of kind personality for a canary. And then you've got Cassandra, who's really tough on the exterior, who's also like tough on the exterior, but on the inside, she's kind of a bit of a softy as well. And so it just fit perfectly. It was like amazing. Like, I don't know. I just, it won't be, you, to me, at least in any RPG, you define your experience so much in that first playthrough. A second one yeah. will always feel weird. Yeah. Like, it won't feel definitive because your experience of that game will always be the first one, to me, at least. When you like, play RPGs, the very first time you play, is it an extension of your personality or do you just go, right, I'm going to be somebody completely different to what I am right now? When I was younger, I would create me, but now I hate being me. So I will, do, <laughs> I will create the most far away from me as possible. Like my, my Baldur's Gate 3 character is a tiefling druid. She's a woman and she hates humans. So... I mean, she's not far off me in that way. I hate humanity as well. <laughs> but... <laughs> but like, yeah, it was, yeah, she's she's quite different from me in, in obviously being a whole different race and, you know, having a whole different, um, whole different, yeah, just, just being a woman as well is very different because obviously I'm not a woman. Um, <laughs> yeah, I just feel like they get... If you if you get so many options to go so far outside or explore so much, so much that the game is has to offer you, why not? You know, but I do I do understand like wanting to put yourself in that universe as well. Like I completely understand that. I think my first shepherd in Legendary Edition was me. So yeah, I completely understand that as well. Yeah. What, what yeah, about you? For me, yeah, I. I... I it I suppose it really depends on what kind of mood it is. I mean, when I, I first start, sometimes I I like to be as evil as possible. But most of the time, the very first time I'll play through it, it will be an extension of me. And I'll try and you know, create the character to look like me as possible, you know, similar to me as possible. Yeah. Although I couldn't do it with um with Baldur's Gate. I've got Proper nice flowing locky hair, and but you got to. A... There's so many fun options <laughs> in the customization. Like, yeah, just going bald. It's like uh, it's a bit boring, that, isn't it? <laughs> but you could be bald so... as gate. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, my attitude, it, you know, is kind of um, it's nice. I always seem to go for archers as well. I, I like having a bow and arrow in my uh, my games. Stand back and then take them out with the. Uh, with the bow and I rather getting up there with swords and shields and stuff. I don't really quite know why, but if there's an option to be an elf, 
with a bow and arrow. I'm like, yep, yeah, that's where I'm going to be. Hmm. Well, maybe if we do ever actually do Dungeons and Dragons, that can be your character. Yeah. Um, I remember when I platinumed Inquisition, I used my Mass Effect experience and discovered every nook and cranny. And it took me ages and it got somewhat repetitive, similar to Mass Effect. Yeah, I can imagine that as well. Like, um, one thing I always say to people when when I when I try to get my friends to play it is to just avoid as much side content as possible in that first Mass Effect playthrough as well. Because like I feel like both Origins and Mass Effect, they've got so much content to them that I mean, me being my age, people being my age, we've all people I'm my point is people my age have short attention spans. And I think you've really got a you've really just got to get into the nitty and gritty as soon as possible and get into the good story stuff. And then once you've invested yourself in the main story and you you start to love that world more. And then when you're invested in the world, then you get into the side content. That's that's, that's, that's the way I good way it. to do it, actually, to be fair. Yeah. Because if you get bogged down with doing side quests and not not pick up that main story and not get invested, it can be easy to, to get yeah, bored quickly. Because I've I've watched live streams of people constantly going on in the chat saying, you need to find this Asari writing in the whatever nebula. And it's like, Jesus <laughs> Christ, is the, the, the game is not going to change substantially if you catch catch all of those bloody Asari writings. <laughs> like, I think you get a slightly different interaction with Comrade Werner, and I don't think that just, don't think that changes the game incredibly. Like, it just... You get about 100 credits in Mass Effect 2 when it, when it carries <laughs> over. That's it. Uh, <laughs> I, that's just my philosophy with, with RPGs, is like, don't get too bogged down unless... Like, with Baldur's Gate, though, Baldur's Gate, I was invested from the start, weirdly enough. I don't know what it was, but I cared so much in the beginning that I didn't need to worry about like side quests and whatever, like distracting me or making me like the game any less. Because all of the side content just felt interesting. It felt like I was learning about the world through doing those. I guess it depends on how it's executed, really. Well, I mean, this playthrough, that I, you know, because I restarted on PlayStation 5, I've already met two characters I never met the first time around. So already... Um, yeah, it, it's a complete. The, the whole dynamic of the party structures changed for me. We picked up a, a wizard and a orc thing lady. Um, yeah, I think she's Githyanki. Her name's Lysel. Like that. Yeah, that's yeah. one. Yeah, Lysel. Yeah, I ship. I killed Lysel. Um, I killed her. <laughs> you killed completely. Them? Yeah, I killed her completely <laughs> by accident. Um, <laughs> she, she did run into your sword or something <laughs> it was like a mistaken dialogue option where um, I tried to scare off these people that had captured her or something and then um, they I somehow had accidentally gotten them to think oh no we've got to release her so we can kill her so they release her and then they're just like right we're going to kill her and then my thinking was wait actually Lazelle has just been really mean to me from the start I am going to fight her I'm not going to let her kill these people and then didn't realize at the time that when you fight her, you do kill her. So I killed her. <laughs> <laughs> and I actually looked it up this morning, and there are 10 companions you can recruit. Is there? I'm near the end of the game, and I've got five. <laughs> <laughs> so there is there is a lot there in, in that game. But yes, yeah, so I, I completely missed these two first time around. 
mm. just by not not looking it's like you know what i'm going to completely scour the area and make sure i don't kind of miss anything before i move on to the next yeah bit. i was like i'm actually a little bit worried that you did a playthrough without recruiting gail like yeah gail's the other one that i've just picked up yeah although so, a starian a starian's one of those ones that i think it'd be criminal not to recruit him I had to go back for him because I missed him this time round. I was like, well, I'd got to this point before and I'd already picked up the that fella. Mm. So I must have missed him somewhere. So I had to go back and have a look around um, for him. And it's quite annoying me is because my original character had really good uh, persuasion uh, skills and uh, perception skills and something else as well. And my current character either hasn't I haven't built him up that way or is just no good at him. But every every day's dice roll, I'm just mm. not getting the same kind of results. I'm like, oh, that's not the answer I wanted. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there are um, certain skills you can pick up where you can boost those. There are certain feats yeah. that will boost that you can choose to allocate more points. But then you've got to sacrifice other things like um, being able to have a better chance to hit things from further away and whatever. So it's a... There's so many ways you can build your class as well. That's just one of the best parts about it is the play style could be so different to somebody else's. What Nerdy Dude said, the story in the first Mass Effect is an extremely short story by just doing the story. Yeah, yeah, it is. But to me, the first one isn't the best of the series. To, to, to me, at least, like the first one, the best stuff is in the main story anyway. Like it might be short, but... Vermeer, the colony of zombies. Um, and to be fair, that's not one of the best parts about it. But recruiting Liara and you know the the journey to the conduit, like that stuff to me is the best part of Mass Effect One. That's that's at least to me at least. Um but yeah, when you get the sooner you get to the second game, in my opinion, the better. You can't go to Mass Effect 2 without playing Mass Effect 1, but to me, Mass Effect 2 is where, you know you know if you like Mass Effect or not <laughs> when you play Mass Effect 2. Nerdy Dude also says, was your first Baldur's Gate 3 character yourself, Tim? Good persuasion and deception. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like to think so. <laughs> I've if taken me, some creative liberties. I mean, if me or Chris or Curtis or Matea, yeah, if any of us created a character that was ourselves, our persuasion would have to be incredibly low because so far we've not been able to persuade you to play Trespasser. <laughs> <laughs> All this pressure. I need to play it, don't I? I need to get on with it. Yeah. I did actually start the Dragon Age playthrough um, a few months mm -hmm. ago and then uninstalled everything. I thought, I ain't got time for this. And then, I think the last month. I've reinstalled it all again, got it all modded out again, just got ready to go, you know what, I'm going to get through it, I'm going to tell them on the stream that I've done it, I've played it, hmm. and I, I haven't picked it I'll up. I'll show them. <laughs> <laughs> Took me that long to get all my mods back on and work out how you, you redo your mods, because it's not as easy as Mass Effect, where you can just drop and, and bosh off you go. Yeah. Kind of mess about with all different formats of modding files and stuff yeah that's why i don't um, mod i don't do mod <laughs> well, I, the, I, the, I get it, original I, get game it. That I had mods on it so i had to put the same ones on it otherwise it it won't work and i didn't really want to start again yeah to be fair i understand like bug fix mods because 
Origins has a lot of bugs. Yeah. So I completely understand that. I need to be able to do this full time. If I could do this job full time, making podcasts and managing YouTube channels, I'd have way more time to to play the games I want to play. Would you do playthroughs? Not really, because then people aren't interested in them these days. No. No. Unless you're you're already big. I used to love those growing up. To me, that was the way of like finding out if I enjoyed a game or not. Like I found Last of Us through watching PewDiePie play it. Yeah. And then I was just like, I'm nowhere near old enough to play this, but I'm playing it when I'm old enough. Anyway, how far through this list have we actually gotten? Um Spider-Man, Baldur's Gate 3, Andromeda, Starfield, War Tales, Wildermyth, Star Trek Resurgence. I'm not talking about that. That's the only other game that I've played this year that I can think of. Okay. I've still got three more. I've only okay. talked about two of mine. Which, to be fair, on, one, one of them was just because we both had the same one, I think, Baldur's Gate. Um Uncharted 4, which I only completed recently. I literally yeah. kind of binged to that within three or four days. And it's a good game. Yeah. It's a very good I got, game. I did I did love it, to be honest. Um I think I have to be I have to be critical and I have to say the good and the bad. Like I absolutely love the whole relationship with his brother. I love the flashbacks and how when you find out he's been lying to you, you get the flashback about them getting their Drake family name. When they break into that house and they find and they kind of choose to take the Drake name to make themselves adventurers, absolutely loved that. That was as 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 having two brothers myself. I just I felt so touched by that. Um, but the bad, I wasn't too sure about them not getting the treasure at the end. Like, I get the message: don't get obsessed with treasure and everything. Yeah. And I I I I think that's a nice positive message. But the amount of times they get treasure and it just slips away from them. <laughs> it would it would have been nice, wouldn't it? For like that last adventure to be, you know what? We get the treasure and we get to keep it, you know? Like I thought that I suppose it's the Indiana Jones kind of trope, isn't it, really? It's just mm. right there, just right in your grasp, and then you have to choose between not and then the boulder. And then the boulder comes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but if you can, you remember? Did you go? You have to go into his lot, his, his loft for something, don't you? But there's all the other treasures that have appeared in the series and stuff. So he has got. Yeah, I got into I got into there. that game. I got into that game completely by accident, though. I bought the game thinking it was the first three games because it's called the Legacy Collection. So I thought Legacy, okay, it's the first three games. No, the only version they've got on PC is Four and Lost Legacy. So I bought that and I'd already loaded it up and I was thinking, oh God, I'm not going to get a refund <laughs> for this because I haven't played Uncharted 4 before. And the only game at that point I hadn't played was Uncharted 3. So I'll give it a go. I'll play it. So I played it. I absolutely loved it, as I said. But I did feel like I needed a refresher. Like I felt like I would have appreciated it more if I played 1, 2, and 3 and played 1 and 2 recently. Because I switched from PlayStation to Xbox, so it's been a long time since I've played Uncharted. So I think it's one of those games where you probably appreciate it more if you played it nearer to the original three. Yeah, yeah, it it, it can be. They do kind of run next to each other, sort of thing. So yeah, yeah, and that's those little like I could tell that there were Easter eggs there, 
but it had been long enough ago where I couldn't quite pin where I'd seen them or yeah. at what point and whatever. So I loved the ending, but I also felt like I probably would have loved the ending more if I'd played one, two, and three like recently. But yeah, yeah. Uncharted will always have a bit of a special place in my heart mm. uh, because I did the trilogy of games. I didn't do four at the time. I didn't think it was out. I did the trilogy of games back to back at like daft o'clock in the morning when my second child was born when she was like a few weeks old and I was up during the night, get her to sleep, put her down, right, put that on for an hour before the next feed and sort of thing. So <laughs> yeah, like best part of, you know, a month or so. Uh, I just played them back to back as I was up and asleep and awake and mm. doing all the baby, you know. So yeah, I will always remember my just literally just there. Um, get her back to sleep and then, you know, in a basket. And right, I'm awake now. I'll play this for an hour before I try and get my head down. Uncharted 2 was like, I remember that being a great game. Like, might be the best of the series. Yeah, the first one was a more, it was kind of a more like an arena shooter. You'd get to a bit and then you'd go into cover and you'd shoot everybody and then you'd go to another bit and get into cover and shoot everybody. And yeah, I think so. Uncharted's probably the, well, I say probably, it is the indicator of how um, Naughty Dog evolved over the years. I think, you know, they, they kind of, they saw where storytelling was going and they changed with it. And you see it over those Uncharted games. Like by four, four is cinematic. Like yeah. it's not the best one to me, but four is cinematic. Like, yeah, it feels it feels like it got more about the cutscenes and it got more about the story as the series goes on. But yeah, it's, something, it's, something about that second one though. I think the story to the second one was really good. Yeah. Yeah, it was. But also, also at, the, at, the, at the same time, though, I do feel like it was also, it was, it was also, yeah, I think the story was better, but I feel like the fourth one was more about the characters. I always expected Sully to, to betray you. I always oh. kind of got that vibe that he was always interested, interested in the money. And I was kind of slightly disappointed when he never did. But yeah, especially the first game, you think, oh, he's, you know, he set me up sort of thing. Well, that was Sully in the Uncharted movie. Did you watch the Uncharted movie? No, I've not seen that. Oh, that's such a mess. <laughs> like, I mean, it's not the worst. It, I mean, I've, there are much worse movie adaptations. But yes, Sully, first of all, you don't cast like Mark Wahlberg for that character. But like, you also like didn't buy him as Sully, which was even worse, but also they were trying to tell that story about how they met by making Sully have this character arc for being obsessed with money and not caring about anybody to then caring about something. But the problem is there's so much going on in that film. You don't buy it. You don't buy him like eventually trusting Nate and becoming friends with him. Um, but that's what they were trying to do with that game. Like he, that film, that film, <laughs> that's what they were trying to do with that film was like show him betraying Nate and just using him as a tool in the beginning and then eventually trusting him to actually choose Nate over the money in the end, which is a really nice idea, but it should, it should have been done a lot better. Hello everyone, I'm Mac Walters and you're listening to the Lazarus Project podcast.
I can do my second to last one, or you could do your last one. I don't mind. You do your second to last one, then, and then we'll do our last ones together. Oh, this was the one that I kind of touched on, but I didn't say anything because I said I was going to say about it when we got further in. But it's Fallout Four. So All right. I, Fallout 4. I wanted, I wanted to finish it um, yeah. before Starfield came out. So as soon as I knew the release date for Starfield, for, for when you know they finished delaying it. Um, I just kind of set my sights on like, right, September is when it's coming out. I'm just going to push for Fallout 4. And I managed to complete Fallout 4 in August, actually. So I, I did all right. But I wasn't sure I was going to like it when I started because I'd kind of not gotten very far in the past. But as I played it more and more, I did start to find a love for it. Like I found my interest in the companions I was talking to. I found some interest in the factions and as I learned more about those factions, what their sort of ulterior motives were, like there were certain ones that felt a certain way about AI, and there were certain ones that were kind of neutral, and then there were ones that were like proper rebellious underground trying to fight the AI, not fight the AI, trying to save the AI, essentially. Um, and I just absolutely loved that. I loved the whole faction, because obviously you've got factions in Skyrim, but you've only got the two sort of opposing each other. This one kind of expanded on that slightly. We had a few more options and there was a twist at a certain point, which I won't say to you if you haven't heard it before, but there was a twist like when, when you get nearer to the end where I was just like, oh my God, this makes things interesting. <laughs> I was like, okay, right now I'm invested. Like, yeah, the whole, the whole journey, I think like, I wouldn't say the ending made it worth it, but I would yeah. say like there were certain events along the way. We were just like, oh my God, I'm I'm into this now. And just wandering around the world when you're listening to Diamond City Radio, absolutely loved it. You've got this nervous guy listening over the radio, um, talking over the radio, sorry, doing his radio announcements. My only criticism with that was well, you can meet the guy who's speaking on the radio in person um, and he just doesn't talk to you. You can't properly talk to him. And I was just like, oh, <laughs> like I've become quite a big fan of his. <laughs> <laughs> well, they always say, "Don't meet your heroes." <laughs> yeah, it would have been so fun if they just implemented a "Can I? Can you sign my autograph or something? Can, you, can I get your autograph?" <laughs> that would have been brilliant. Like, can you can you sign my um, armor, my armor suit or something? I've got so that's another series I'd love to do. I'd love to play uh, Fallout. I did try Fallout One and Two years ago, um, but I couldn't. I couldn't get into them. But I love Fallout Three. I've only ever completed New Vegas once. I only completed Fallout Three once, and I've never finished Fallout Four. So it, that whole series, you know, the three, four, and uh, three Vegas and four, I'd like to. I would like to do a whole playthrough of those. But mm. I've heard from a lot of people that they don't like four as much as the other ones. Like no, if you the, played the, the other ones first. Yeah, yeah, they're their own thing. They have um, apparently they messed up quite the law or something. People got quite upset with. I think it was the Brotherhood. They they completely changed the Brotherhood of Steel. I tell you what, because I've never played the originals, it doesn't make anything difference to me. So that monologue at the start of every Fallout game is just so reminiscent of everyone arguing on the internet. It's like <laughs> war, war never changes. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone having any conversation about anything on the internet? <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, the last game that I've got on my list that I could remember I played. I mean, I'm pretty sure I've played other games, 
as well. But the, the last one that stuck in my mind uh, was Star Trek Resurgence. Right. Um, which I really enjoyed. I, I again, not finished it. Um, but from what I played, I, I really enjoyed it. it. You know, if you're into Star Trek and you like your, your kind of RPG settings, where you choice and consequence sort of thing, um, then yeah, definitely, definitely pick it up. Um, it's very cinematic. It's very, the, like, the mini games in it are a bit tedious. But again, if you're, if you, if it is aimed at Star Trek fans, which I've started doing this because I, I, I never, I'd only ever seen bits and bobs of Star Trek. So I decided to to watch all of Star Trek from start to finish. Uh, that was before the, um, I'd, I'd got, onto the, got up to the point where I could start watching Star Wars. Hmm. So yeah, I'd, I'd done quite a bit of Star Trek. That's why I kind of put that one to the side and I thought I'll, have, I'll play that when it kind of fits in the timeline more. Yeah. But, I've kind of dabbled yeah, in could. Star Trek. It's, it's hard because... That's one of those ones that's even older than Star Wars. So if you really want to go back, it's it's a challenge. Yeah, <laughs> get through yeah, how technical jargon in it. They've got to recycle the flux inverted gizmo sprocket dog thing. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Like, oh right, okay, yeah. Well, we'll just modify it then, shall we? All right, we'll just modify it then. Yeah, we're out in space, and we'll just modify this thing to make it be the MacGuffin thing that we need to work. It makes do. me think of it makes me think yeah. of the exact reason why I don't watch like the original Doctor Who like episodes. I know you haven't seen Doctor Who, but they have this one <laughs> phrase that's like the one consistent phrase throughout all of Doctor Who, which is reverse the polarity of the neutron flow. <laughs> and it just doesn't really mean anything, but if they're talking about anything technical, that's usually what they'll say. <laughs> like, quick, we must reverse the polarity. <laughs> And it's, yeah, it's, it's the funniest thing in the world. But, so, but yeah, I mean, out of all of those games um, that I've played, I would have to say, um, as my my personal game of the year, I'm going to have to, I mean, I haven't, again, I haven't finished it, but um, I would have to agree with the actually official one, uh, is Baldur's Gate 3. I'm so enjoying that game at the minute. Mm. Um, and just... The, the the conversations that you have and the, the choice and consequence in it and the way things completely just they, they change on a dice roll it's yeah fantastic so. it frustrates me sometimes when i just get really bad <laughs> runs with dice rolls like when you end up in accidentally killing a kid because of a dice roll <laughs> that's that's really not fun <laughs> has happened to me today actually <laughs> Oops. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think you need to get further to properly experience the consequence though. Because some of that stuff I don't how far have you gotten so far? Um so I'm still in Act One at the minute. Okay. Act Act yeah, Three. Just... Act three is where they really try to tie things together. And there were things I didn't even realise that like were choices at a certain point that if you miss, there will be consequences. Like certain things will be slightly more difficult. So it's it yeah things things really sort of come to a head in that when you reach Boulder's Gate. That's all I'll say. Okay, I look forward Bold, to that. Boulder's Gate is not a place. It is it is a place. It's not just a gate. <laughs> I've still not finished it. I'm eighty hours in. So I'm not finished. By me. My fifth game I played. 
don't know if you've actually heard of it. It's called As Dusk Falls. Yes, I've yeah. played that too. I'd forgotten about oh, right. that. Yeah, oh, cool. Brilliant game. Yeah, absolutely brilliant game. It was one of those games where all the first few hours, I think I enjoyed it more than I did later on. And I'm going. I'm. I'm. I'm not kind of coming into this looking the best, really, but. I really liked when it was just the hostage situation. You're yeah. in that sort of um, petrol, that's no, not petrol station, it's a hotel. When you're yeah. in that hotel, sort of knuckled down with your family, and then you've got the other side with the cops, and then you're also playing as one of the kids that's holding up the place. I thought that was a really interesting dynamic. Um, and then you've got the flashback stuff to really sort of pad out and help you get attached to the characters. Yeah. And then I got kind of annoyed because it kind of felt a bit like there were certain choices I made with the expectation I was going to see a certain character again. Like um, I left my character, my the father's relationship with his wife, very kind of standoffish. Like he was kind of unsure about trusting his wife since she cheated on him. Um, and I thought, okay, I mean, I said that there's maybe a possibility later off the possibility of them reconciling later on. So I said that to her that maybe they'd re reconcile. And then she goes off in the ambulance and then I never see the two of them again. And it's the most frustrating thing in the world because I think, <laughs> oh my God, I should have said something different then, or I'm supposed to, or I'm kind That's of- That's kind of real life though, isn't it? <laughs> well, not really though, because I don't suddenly change into another guy or somebody else in the in real life. <laughs> like I would have thought there would be a chance to talk again and you know, properly talk about things when, because the wife was shot in my playthrough, she was shot and she was going to an ambulance. And I thought, okay, when, when they see each other again, we'll talk about it more. But it's like, I kind of felt like I was expected to forgive her straight away for cheating on him. And I just didn't feel like that was fair. And then there was one other thing, and I'm sorry, I really, I really did get infuriated by this, <laughs> but the boy who's holding up the, the place with his brothers, when he's on the run on his own, and my playthrough was on his own. I don't know how drastically different it can be. But on my playthrough, he was on the run on his own. He ran into a house and became close with this girl. Um, don't know if you saw that, but he runs into a house in my playthrough and meets this girl. She's very rebellious against her dad, and they run off together. And they're running to Canada. They're trying to escape the country. And it really frustrated me because you have to do a lot of things right, and you have to keep your relationship. I'm doing hand puppets in my um <laughs> you can get you can do <laughs> you could get you can get really like it, it could be really challenging trying to keep a healthy relationship with this girl but you can get to the country and be happy together but what really frustrated me is i got to the country safely they were together they were happy and then it jumps forward like three to five years or something and he's on his own and she left him anyway and went back to her dad. And I'm just like, they showed me this flow chart of all these different consequences and stuff. And and each one so, she returns. Yeah, does she just return in every circumstance? I don't know, but it sure as hell looked like that. Because she had chosen to stay with my character over the dad. She had an option at a certain point and chose to stay with me. And she just goes off again anyway. And I thought that game was supposed to, the game was sold to me as a proper choice and consequence. And then uh, yeah, it's 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 not really. It, no, it, it reminds me of the kind of telltale games where it, it you've got slight tweaks, but to, to be honest, 
Telltale games are the most non-choice, non-consequence mm. game you can get. Like the oh. story is not tailored to how you play. No. Just <laughs> I mean, Kenny can hate or like Lee, but Lee's still gonna get bit. Uh Kenny's still gonna end up where he ends up. And in fact, despite if Kenny's alive at the end of season two, you never see him again. So that, yeah, that's why it, it's kind of that character's gonna die, is whether it dies now or whether it dies later, but either way, they're still gonna die. It's kind of yeah. that kind of so does Kenny die like in some kind of flashback in season three or something? If he's at the, I don't if know, he's alive, not, I think I've only done the first two seasons of it. I never did the final. Really? I got as far as the Michonne Michonne side thing. I don't think I did um, that. I didn't do Michonne to be honest. But yeah, I didn't finish as Dust Falls either. I got as far as the time jump. I think it was. Oh right, moved on. Well, I just spoiled the game. No, no, <laughs> no. It was it was after the. I can't remember him meeting a girl. I can remember him robbing a house, and there was uh, a woman in a wheelchair. It's 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 later on after they've gone out of the hotel. So there was the hotel it, it, siege, and they kidnapped the little girl, which I think is the same one from the title screen. Yeah, they get across the border, don't they? And yeah, escape. it's after that. It's after their escape across the border. Um, it gets to a certain point where the boy breaks off with his brother and mum. And, um, yeah, he it's ends up around running. there that I got to. Yeah. To be honest, I'm glad yeah. I still played it. I still got something from playing it. And I did. There were moments I enjoyed playing it. So I think it, I think it is worth going through. And I only played it because I needed something to fill that gap between Fallout 4 and Starfield. Yeah. But I'm glad I, I'm glad I played it. So what um what would be your personal game of the year? Oh mate, it's gonna shock you so much. Baldur's Gate 3. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't see that one coming. No. A <laughs> game I played for 80 hours. Definitely don't love that game. It's the last 80 hour game I did. I did um I can't remember what I spent 80 hours in. It must have been Witcher 3. There's not many games I've played for longer than 80 hours, but Mass Effect 2 is one of them, just because you know, I've played it so many times. Yeah. Not in one sitting, though. No. No, no, no. <laughs> It'd be insane. But yeah, that's that's my game of the year. Um, in asking Nerdy Dude's question, though, on what... This was something we were going to discuss anyway. But what is your... Yeah. What is your What are the games you're looking forward to? Um, I don't quite know what actually is coming out. I'm hoping nothing major is coming out next year, to be fair, because I could really do with just catching up on stuff and getting things finished that I want to get finished. Well, Star Wars um, Outlaws is supposedly coming out next year. Yeah, that would be definitely one that I want to play. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, like I say, more more like the, the CRPGs, I want to try and, and play a few more of those because there are a few out there that, that really take my interest as a post-apocalyptic ones there was one where you, you're trapped in a dome somewhere um encased i think it's called there's another one called atom where it's uh it's like fallout based on the original fallout games but set in russia okay um so that looks quite cool and then there's rogue trailer uh which has come out as the other one the pillars of eternity so and that sequel because again it's a bit like mass effect where you can carry your, your character over and your, your gameplay over and 
it ties into the first game and that. So okay, that's cool. Uh, so yeah, I want to try and get a few, I'll play a few more of those kind of games, you know, role playing games. And obviously, I I don't quite know how far Exodus is in production, um, but they've got a few gameplay trailers at the minute. So I mean, I've got plenty of games to keep me going until then. Um, the other one that they've got coming, well, we don't know if it's still coming out in 2024, but Dragon Age. Dragon Age. You think it will come out? I'm going to be optimistic and say December. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm same. I think it'll be holiday season. Yeah, and they'll push it as far back as possible. Yeah, I think they'll still try very hard for 2024. But I, I firmly believe they don't know when it's coming out. Mm. That's why they're doing an update next year. That's why they're promising an update. But I think they're still going to try for 2024. Yeah. So yeah, I agree with that. Um, oh, Grand Theft Auto Six is that coming out next year? That must be. Um, that's coming out the year after. That's twenty twenty five. Yeah. So yeah, that will definitely be on my list. Mm. But there, there's there's plenty of games to to play in the meantime. Did you have you thought about playing the Expanse as well? That was one I kind of missed or glossed over. The the Telltale one. The um, no. Um, I've heard of it, but I'm not. Uh... Isn't it based on a TV show? It is, yeah, but it's a prequel, so you don't have to know anything about the TV show. I oh, tried to get right. into the show, but... Hmm. Yeah, because but... I I, I've never seen the show, and I, I wouldn't know anything about it, but if it's a prequel, it might be a good starting point for it. I did watch someone play the first episode, and it does look quite intriguing, to be honest. And I think, I think they are trying more of actual consequence in your choices, so... Yeah, I think yeah, I I do kind of want to give that a go, and the price has gone down quite a bit, and I almost feel a little bit like I'm being guilt tripped because of how much Telltale Games has struggled, but at the same time, I also support them in like I I sort of support them because I want to support them. But um, Nerdy Dude thinks Dragon Age will come out in 2025. Okay. Yeah. I, I yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if it did. I'm, I'm I mean part of my part of what I'm thinking is just sort of wishful thinking. And also I do feel like the, I do feel like regardless if it comes out in 2025, they're gonna shoot for 2024. They're gonna try for 2024, because I think they know how long people have been waiting. Yeah. And they need they need something positive after everything and you know they they can throw us all the teasers in the world and people can only wait so long you know <laughs> i'm just having a quick look through uh, the list of stuff to that that's got release dates and what's coming out and there's star wars uh, dark forces uh, remaster i mean you can call me biased because i've got ps5 but it does feel like one of those gta trilogy situations where dark forces is so old i feel yeah. like a remaster doesn't really do enough for it like if you're gonna yeah. if you're gonna give it a complete redesign give it the complete redesign you know do a remake and i know i, I know your experiences with the resident evil remakes but dark forces that's a pretty old game see I, how would that work though? Because if they remade it, 
which means changing up story content and and adding new bits in and stuff taking out would that then actually make it canon because anything that is made apparently according to disney anything that's made star wars related after they did the star wars legends purge Mm. is officially canon so they went like the clone wars and the movies are now canon everything else is not and anything else we make from there on is also now canon i don't know if they necessarily care that much though i i mean with how much they've been turning into canon anyway i don't know what is it Mm. what exactly is the story of dark forces because i've not properly given it a go it's basically the uh the original version of how they got the death star plans okay that's i don't think that's going to get a remake anyway then so yeah but yeah you play as cal katan which is a mercenary and the very first level is you pinching the death star plans yeah which is when the uh, rogue one came out it's like why isn't kyle katan uh, a character in this game in this movie yeah like he's the one that stole the death star plans <laughs> have you seen have you seen the star wars outlaws trailer because there's a guy yeah. in there who looks just like kyle katan it's uncanny <laughs> I think a lot of people saw that and thought, oh my God, Kyle Katarn's here. But literally in the trailer, they call him somebody completely different. And you're like, oh, there's a lot of stuff not coming next year, but coming soon after, I think. Like, yeah. I think we'll hear a lot of more defined, like specific details about the next Fable next year. Like, I think we will get, have we got, I don't, have we got release date for Fable? I can't remember. I if, we, if we haven't, we will definitely have one next year, I think. I think there's a lot of games coming out, not coming out next year, but coming out. Um, but in the meantime, I need to play God of War as much as I don't get why everyone loves it so much yet. I probably haven't spent, <laughs> enough, t- I haven't spent enough time with it, probably. Um, yeah, it's never interested me, to be fair. You yeah, played the originals? I haven't, no. Those those have even less interest to me because they just look like beat them up. Like yeah, the hack and slash things, aren't they? I think. Yeah. They were really popular at the time. But everyone loves those new ones so much, I kind of have to give it a I'm I'm a bit like that with um, Horizon Zero Dawn. People rave about those games, and, I've again, I've never played them. Yeah. I'm thinking maybe I should give it a go at some point. I've got Horizon, the first one, and the first um, God of War downloaded because I I got them on a sale. But, yeah, I haven't haven't given them any time of day, really. To really give them judgment or judge judge them basically i'm sure i'm sure with how few games are actually coming out next year that'll be a lot easier yeah and hey maybe you'll finish andromeda <laughs> yeah maybe i'll get to finish uh or maybe i'll get to to do test trespasser and i'll tweet um, i'm gonna um, write a list a list of I'll games tweet, to play i'll tweet tom taylorson when you finished it yeah <laughs> <laughs> he's did it he's done it if you would like to check out any of other episodes please be sure to check them out on all good podcatchers. And if you'd like to contact us, please feel free to email us at me.projectpodcast at gmail.com. That's me, all caps, dot capital P, projectpodcast at gmail.com. You can find Tim on Twitter with the handle uh, ploppy54. And you can find me with the handle at Craig and his Mac. And you can support the show on our Patreon in which you could receive some sneaky little tidbits and fun extras, such as something involving 
a little montage of our best bits so keep an eye on that all details of the show can be found in our discord as well so feel free to join that we will have the link in the show notes and we will see you next time commander thanks for listening I am sovereign, and this station is mine.